The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Colvic Darksy. I'm a half orc cleric. I'm really into CrossFit and spreading my dark seed. Shakes. I am Melvin Hardy. I am a high elf wizard. Unfortunately, sometimes I turn people inside out. Leon, the very good adventuring team. Actually, I think my favorite image so far is of Melvin using the amulet of levitation and just hurtling straight towards this guy through the rain. We're <laughs> <laughs> dunces. Do we want a backup plan at all here? Um, well, I have... It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, well, we'll figure that out as it comes. We're good on our feet, right? Gotcha. The backup plan is no backup plan. <laughs> yeah. I think okay. the backup plan is, is a wizard missile. So I'm going to grab my amulet and whisper, Ploop. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a perfect scene. Like, you're just sitting there minding your own beeswax, and all of a sudden this elf floats over, <laughs> slaps you in the head, and then, like, flies your ladder and ladder. flies away. <laughs> But he, he is below us, mm-hmm. like directly? Uh, a couple of feet out from the... Okay, from I'm going to try to pee on him. <laughs> Get you, white sash. Is it a big green glowing rock? Like a like a big kryptonite it's, it's rock? It's flubber. It's, it's like flubber. So you wave your hand in front of this guy, and he falls asleep, okay. standing up on the tower, and then immediately topples backwards. Uh, I wanted to kick him so bad. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. We can retcon that. That's, okay. that's So you you put him to sleep, and then this is Sparta style. Yep. Kick him off the tower. Yep. With my uh, crocked feet. <laughs> <laughs> I kept my crocs on. Oh, it's um, spiritual weapon. Is he still running around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that stays around until you dismiss it. Okay. So that or be... you get a minute or something like that. But Your flubber rock. My flubber rock, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to go ahead and also throw down a spiritual guardian down there. A guardian of faith. Is that concentration or anything else? Nope. Nope, like spectral guardian appears and hovers for the duration of unoccupied space. And I want to put it right down below. Moves to space within 10 feet of the guardian. And the creature takes 20 radiant damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. What Until did we say last time? This was like Frank Zappa, or we, we had a, we picked a person that this was in the shape of last time. Your spiritual guardian. Yeah. I can't I can't fucking remember now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Rush Limbaugh. Today, <laughs> today it's gonna be Prince. 
Prince. Nice. Yep. <laughs> little purple rain coming down. I was thinking the dad from different strokes. <laughs> what? I was just thinking of who I would have as my spiritual guardian. I think it would be Mr. Drummond. <laughs> if there's anybody that can protect you. Why not like Mr. Belvedere? Or that's a good one. Mr. Beauregard. Mr. Beauregard. All right. Well, you already called it as Prince. So Prince is there. And so any... Or elf. <laughs> no cats around. Anybody within uh, 10 feet takes 20 radiant damage. Uh, is oh, that when they goes. enter that space, or will they take that now as you are casting it? Let me find out that again. It is. The guardian occupies the space, and it's instinct except... Okay, that's about it. Any hostile creature to you that moves to a space within 10 feet of the guardian for the first time must turn on a successful uh, dexterity saving throw. Moves to, okay. So, Perfect. I mean, once they move into, I mean, it's by them, so that they would have to still make a movement for it to hurt. Uh, basically, if they held still, it wouldn't happen, but that's not going to happen. So what's your, uh, what's the DC on that? Dexterity saving throw. Does not say. Uh, what's, what is your spell casting DC? It'll be on that third page. Spell save DC is 14. All right. Spell attack, yeah. Uh, and then what's the damage going to be again? Did you say? 20. It's 20, and 20 it, it'll radiant. do up to 60 before he uh, disappears? Before he disappears, yeah. Okay. Before Prince sails back up to heaven. Excellent. So, green striped romper is on the left side of that podium, uh, or that stand, or what the fuck ever I called it, guard tower. Green Striped Romper is on the left side of that guard tower, is going to, this time around, let's just see what he decides to do, is going to attempt to climb this guard tower. In doing so, that was a very poor choice. Your guardian does 20 damage to this dude as he attempts to climb. Yes. Uh, that gets him down to the wrecked territory. And then from there, uh, is not able to negotiate all the way up to the top of the tower. So he's just kind of hanging on to the edge of it. One white glove is going to stand and start moving towards the tower to try and climb it. Oh, no, sorry. That was actually Chicken Legs. I got that backwards because Chicken Legs was the one that just got kicked off the tower, right? Yes, like sleep kicked off. Yeah, so that was... Chicken Legs was able to uh, stand up and moves towards the tower, is going to try and climb. Chicken Legs is also going to take that 20 damage. And Kaplow, that 20 damage is enough to kill Chicken Legs. Nice. And last but not least, one white glove is going to try and climb. Yes, is going to try and climb up that tower, is going to take the 20 damage, also moves into the wrecked territory and is not able to get up to the top of the tower. So, the scene as it stands, before your guys' turns go through again, Roscoe, you are still on the outside of the wall. You're ducked down on the ladder, but you're uh, still near the top of the wall. Melvin and Kolvik, you are on top of the platform. On one side is green-striped romper, uh, but it, has not able to been, it hasn't been able to fully get up on the platform yet. And one white glove is on the other side, also having not made it all the way up. All right, are either of them, like, directly opposite me on the wall where they're climbing? 
No, imagine that you're like up against the wall. One is uh, on the other side of the wall down to the right. One's on the other side of the wall down to the left. All right. So you'll be able to see them if you poke your head over, but they're, uh, they will have half cover, actually. All right. Actually, no, they're going to have three quarters cover because they're pretty far down. I'm just going to jump over the wall. The wall's only 10 feet off the ground, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm just going to jump to the ground on the other side. All right, I'm going to have you make a dexterity save. Getting into the action. Mm-hmm. All right, you land on your feet on the other side. That is going to consume all of your movement, I'm going to say, as you whirl around to see these uh, this hilarious combat scene behind you. But uh, you can see two guys clinging to the side of this platform and your two buddies on top. All right, very good. Uh, you do still have your action if you want to take a Oh, attack. I do. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was just your movement. Awesome. All right, I'll take a shot. You just yeah. satisfied? All right. <laughs> what I'm not sure I was going to take damage falling. I was just happy I didn't. Put your hand up. <laughs> no, you rolled good enough to land on your feet and be fine. All right, I'll take a shot at Green Stripe Sash or Romper. Green Stripe Romper? I do not care for rompers. Who does? Some people. I don't know. I think that's over now. We probably should stop making fun of it. I don't know. Nobody's even going to remember it by the time they listen to these episodes. And I rolled a nine. Yeah, you, uh, you're you not doing great with the bow today. You uh, suck diddly up. Get these people on the ground where I can dagger them. <laughs> <laughs> Your short bow uh, arrow thunks into the wall on the opposite side. And Melvin, it is over to you. Okay, so both of those assholes are trying to climb. They're trying to get up on top of the platform with you two. What do you think, guys? Is it time to use a potion of oily slickiness? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> you don't think so? Both no. of these guys are, like, on the cusp of dead. All right. Uh, Not that I'm discouraging hilarity, but... It's <laughs> fair. All right, I'm going to firebolt whatever the closest one is to me. All right. That's uh, one white glove is on your side, so go ahead and firebolt. Take this one white glove. It's, uh, 17 is definitely a hit. And with 16 damage, you incinerate the white glove, the hand behind it that was holding onto the ledge of the platform. Oh, is the white glove still there? No, it's destroyed. Oh. It is destroyed. And, uh, and this guy loses his grip, cacks and falls backwards to the ground. Dead. Bye. Kolvik, it is over to you. I think I'm going to have my magical flubber take this guy if he can and run run in the back of his head. Do it. No, you should go, is he climbing? You should like go like up into his crotch from underneath. Like Just keep pounding it. Like tape pounder. That's what I refer to my bike seat as. Don't you get, don't you get two shots with that thing? I think. Nah, it's just one because it's your bonus action to move it, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty sure that's what it is. Well, I should still pound him in the crotch. All right, hearing <laughs> Melvin just say, hit him in the crotch! That's out of nowhere. I'm going to go ahead him and... in the crotch. I'm going to pound him in the... Try to pound him in the crotch. Six force damage to the crotch. Oh. Oh. Come on. You can't You can't keep hanging on when you get pounded in the crotch. Six force damage to the crotch, and, and he falls he loses his grip on the platform by the way he had seven hit points left you did six damage with the force force damage to the taint <laughs> with one testicular torsion later and he uh like ow my balls style flies up into the air <laughs> drops to the ground 
<laughs> and landing on the ground does the final point of damage to kill this guy. Ouch, my balls! So you guys have exited combat on this side of the wall. There's not like a protruding log or something like that he would... <laughs> <laughs> it bounces off the clothesline and... <laughs> Um, there it is, man. You guys, are, you guys are now out of combat. You're inside the wall. The patrol is probably about 45 minutes or so uh, from coming back around to the front. And to your knowledge, you are now alone inside of this compound. So let me lay down what's happening here. So you reach this fairly large open area, uh, as was confirmed by your walkabout. This is about 100 feet across on the inside. There are several trees inside of this courtyard area and a path going from where you are standing by the door up to a wooden building in the center. That building itself is about 40 feet long and about 20 feet wide and takes up a decent chunk of the middle of the space here. Uh, we're going to push it a little bit and say it's about 10.30 p.m. by this point. Still raining. All right, so this is going to be a little bit of a, a stretch. Is there any way we can lift up the ladder and bring it to this side so we can walk down? bring one of those dead guys up and kind of just prop him up so like when they walk <laughs> past they're just gonna say oh well he's up there cool just to give us time i think that's a good plan all right you got the ladder over there mm -hmm. right because the two of you are still up on the platform so you pull the ladder back to the other side uh we'll say you can shimmy a body up there with relative ease <laughs> how are you going to prop him up can we use the other dead body <laughs> It's just a, is it just me, or does Fred look like a pile of corpses? Can we, uh, <laughs> can we tie a rope onto one of the... Oh, it's not. It's just a platform, huh? Yeah. It's just a platform, yeah. There's nothing to, like, secure him to. All right. I think we can just sit him down so it's hit, just his head's just sitting up there. Do we see any chairs around? Are there <laughs> any sticks or spears about? Well, the only thing you've got available to you, aside from the equipment you're carrying, is the pile of scimitars and daggers left over from these guys none of which are special or interesting by the way it's just a bunch of bunch of blades well we can take two daggers i'm like <laughs> drive <laughs> and then his hands on the wall he's like <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like he's just like looking at the stars or something <laughs> staring up into the rain um so even if we nail his hands to the wall, I mean, there's what keeps him upright. Like basically, he's just gonna collapse with his. We have if the the leverage on his lower half is out, but if we put it in like this, almost like a sitting thing, so his weight is back. I mean, okay. it won't be All pretty. Right. So we got to put his knees like up against the the wall, and we, then you could stab a scimitar into the platform, and then cornhole him on that. <laughs> See, <laughs> He's going to be like, like his head's going to be like flopped over. Like. Well, there's no way to do it without like a spear we can ram all the way through him. <laughs> what are we, Vlad the Impaler? <laughs> oh, now that's where you draw the line. <laughs> You'll cram one person up another person's ass, but no. Not a spear. Not a spear. That's ridiculous. What are we, weirdos? <laughs> I love that almost every time we sit down to record, there's some point where one of us says to the other, oh, that's where you draw the line? <laughs> Not where we insert where we did something here? Yeah. Okay, well, um, that was just a thought, so... All right, I, I'm going to try to look around. Is there any 
any long sticks, bow staffs, or spears, or chairs in this open chair, area. Chair. I mean, there's nothing nearby where you are now. There's the ladder, I guess. <sighs> Can we take the ladder apart? What kind of a ladder is this? That's well, just a wooden ladder. You know, regular, right. plain old wooden ladder. I don't see any way to do it. I think it's a waste of time. Well, other other option is just one of us. Uh, well, okay, is there a... I assume the white sash is available. The white sash is available. Yep. Uh, I'm going to put that on. You guys should find some other white stuff to put on. I'll put on the glove. I'll put on the romper. The glove's gone. Oh, yeah. Burned. Yeah. Burned. Yep. I'll put on the stupid romper. <laughs> I, just, I just called romper. Oh, did you call yeah, romper? I just I'm called sorry. romper. I just called stupid romper. What else is available? I'm cut off chicken legs, chicken legs. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cut up chicken legs, chicken legs. <laughs> Trying to run around on them like they're stilts. <laughs> Look uh, at me, I'm chicken legs. Like camouflage paint your legs behind them and just tape them to the front of you. Yeah, just, <laughs> Look just, at me, I'm chicken legs. <laughs> I'll just tape one to my knee. Make it look like I have one, like when you're pretending to be a peg leg. <laughs> so what... What was the other... So the romper's available? What else was available? It, it, I mean, you burned up the white glove. Mm. There was the romper, and there was the white sash. And again, keep in mind that I just put these things out there to identify combatants. They're not like <laughs> symbols of rank or anything within this group. Well, I thought they'd... I mean, they all seemed like... They're all white something. I thought maybe oh, they, no, no, they no. would identify them as bandits or something. No, no pattern, no anything here. It literally so these guys just, don't have any like um, uniform that we can tell? Not really. Okay. All right. They're bandits. All right, I think let's just go on, heave in. I mean, so our option is just one of us just stands here in the guard tower. Um, I don't know, pick one of those dudes, and if they had anything on that we thought might make them recognizable, we put it on. But one of us stands there, and the other two get ready to ambush the guards when they come back around. Did we notice as the... Uh, who cares about those guards? Did we notice if the... The door is barred from the outside or the inside. Like, can they even get into the compound? I guess that's a good point. Oh, are they? I assumed they're walking around. Are they walking on the ground around the? Mm-hmm. Oh. Or is I, there a door on the gateway even? So there is. Let me lay out the scene for you here. So you've got a hundred foot perimeter, right? And there's yep. guys walking. They're about a quarter of the way around that. So you got forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get around to the other side. They'll be by the door, which is a double door, which is currently barred from the inside. There's no lock or anything on the outside they'll, be, they'll have accessible. There is the, well, there was a dude with a white sash standing on top of that guard tower that they were just waving at. And those guards that are walking around the perimeter are walking about 20 feet out from the wall. Okay. That's basically everything you know from this point. Yeah, Mel, right. but I have a good point. They can't even get in. No, screw those guys. Okay. Like, we'll kill them at the end of it. Just clean it. <laughs> leave everything nice and tidy. Okay. Right. That uh, works for me. So what would you like to do instead of fucking around with corpses I, and sashes? I mean, just throwing it out there, at some point, if they walk past and they don't see a guard in the tower, they're going to start making noise. Yeah, that's 45 minutes away. Like, this is relatively small area we have to search here all right i'm just saying so i reserve the right to say i told you so <laughs> that's fine yeah right. your right has been reserved all right noted so what are you doing instead let's go knock on the door we're gonna knock it's only polite 
<laughs> hey, just noticed you had some murdered people out here. Hey, it's uh, White Sash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, White Sash, thank God. Uh, will you come out here and give us a hand? Are there lights to put on? one white glove in? Uh, there are n- so you guys are approaching this, yeah. uh, this building? Uh, so you approach, and as you're walking up on the narrow side of this, right? So remember I said it's about 20 by 40, so you're approaching like the 20-foot side. That's the face of this cabin. You see uh, a doorway uh, with a kind of loose-fitting door there. You do not see any lights coming from inside this building. Okay. Is there windows? Uh, there are windows, but they're shuttered. There's like, uh, let's just say there's one window like to the right of the door. And there's one door that we can tell? Mm-hmm. From is, this side. Is, it, is there um, any way to bar that door? From the outside? Yeah. Uh, no, not from the outside. You just want to lock them in there and light it on fire? That's what I was thinking. It could be like a barracks of sorts, for all we know. Yeah. It could be loaded with bandits. It's true. And what did we say? The door opens outside? Or does it swing in? Uh, this door will open towards you. So in other words, going out from the building. It's up to code. I mean, it's a day and night. Fire marshal around here. We might here be sleeping, crazy. so if we wanted to just even poke our head in. Burning it down, though, we might lose some or whatever's good in there. Well, I'm just saying, maybe we bar it. Maybe we don't burn it down, but it gives us some options. We could probably wedge the ladder against the door if it opens out. Let's do that. All right. Okay. So you've now barred the way to get into the building. <laughs> All right. Where would you like to go from here? <laughs> you said the windows are shuttered, so yeah. There's if on this face of the building there is one shuttered window, and I mean shuttered meaning like there's out exterior shutters that are mm-hmm. over the window. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to carefully unshutter the window and try to look inside. All right. So you uh, undo the little uh, what do they call those things? A hasp or whatever that has got the window closed. Um, and you creak open that window and peer inside. You see a room that is 20 feet by 30 feet, and it is lined with beds on either side. There's little footlockers in front of each of those beds, and nothing else of interest. How many beds do we see? You see a total of 10 beds. Yeah. Can we tell if anybody's in those beds? There's nobody in the beds. It was four or six, so there's another four unaccountable. I think so. Okay. All right, let's unblock the way and go in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You pull the ladder back down. You make your way inside. About 10 minutes, by the way, have now passed, so you're about 35 minutes from the guards reaching all the way around. You are now inside of the bunk room. It's dark, and there are no people. About 30 minutes away from me saying, I told you so. <laughs> Right. Um, Control, that is T minus 30 minutes to I told you so. Can we look inside any of these chests? That, are there any chests in there that we can open? So there's a little footlocker at the end of each of these beds yep. going down the row. Uh, and imagine like, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. You know, It's just, it's like Like a beds. military barracks. Yeah, like okay. a military barracks. The beds are coming out from the wall and there's a footlocker at the end of each one of them. Skyrim pops into my head. Like the guard houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like in their footlockers, there's like... A ceramic dish. (laughs) (laughs) You find a kombuts. Important rocks. Uh, You look through two or three of these things and you don't find anything of note. I mean, there's just common clothing and equipment in there. And a ceramic dish. Maybe, yeah. Ceramic dish. A cup. (laughs) 
Okay. There's a loaf of bread that somehow will never expire. A cheese wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't find anything of value. <laughs> Fucking cheese wheels. <laughs> Uh, so the other thing, notable feature of this room I forgot to mention is that there is a door at the far end of it that is currently closed. Oh. Wooden door. Wooden door? Similar oh in make and construction to the door you entered with. And put my ear to the wooden door. You creep across the floor here all sneaky and stealthily. You make it to the far end of the room. Put your ear against that door. You hear nothing that you weren't hearing before. All right. So the room we're in is 20 by 30, so this last bit of this building is, what, 10 by 20? And we don't hear anything. There can't be four guys in there. Surprise! All jerking each <laughs> other out. Happy birthday, <laughs> Just ski-balling each other. <laughs> Just what? Ski-balling. <laughs> I always heard it as tank operator. <laughs> Bobcat driving. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if they're just, just bobcatting it up, and there's, if they don't have a cameraman, it's just the other guy's just drawing it. <laughs> we just look at each other. Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, hey, White Sash, what's going on, man? <laughs> if there's five, then it could be just one guy going like from tip to tip or something. <laughs> if we had swapped them. <laughs> All right, let's knock on this door. Why do you want to knock so much? <laughs> it's the polite thing to do. <laughs> uh, so you knock on the door and you, you you hear no response, no anything. All right. Can I try to open the door? You do. The door opens. Right. It is not trapped or triggered or locked or anything else. With our sweet, sweet night vision, do we see anything? You open the door, you move into the room. Uh, on the So this door is in like the center of the room. On the right side of the room, you see a table and a, a kitchen area, you might say. Various foodstuffs and supplies are over there. Uh, on the left side of the room, you see a couple of bookcases and, uh, and a chest. Sweet. I'm going to open the chest. All right. Um, oh, and by the way, in case it becomes relevant at some point, there are uh, two windows in this room, also shuttered. Huh. You open the chest, and after some rummaging and pilfering and what have you... Do we find an amulet? Huh? Oh my god, huh? oh my god, are you going to huh? find an amulet? Huh? You're going to find a couple of things. Ooh. Uh, Kolvik, I'm going to move this thing into your inventory, but first, let me tell you all about the bandit loot that you find. <gasps> You find 260 silver pieces, 758 gold pieces, one potion of healing, and one potion of climbing. Digging just a little bit further down, you find what I have appropriately titled, I think, Kesha's Bling of Healing. Oh, oh my god. Is that a, if, is that a penis? The, yes, it is. If anybody isn't aware, by the way, the one of my personal favorite artists, Kesha, has a uh, a jewelry company, I believe, uh, and she makes uh, jewelry with wangs on it. For real? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, this literally is a, a a necklace that comes from her company that looks like a <laughs> cock and balls. <laughs> is that, your fucking description is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
you will come to know over the time it takes to get to know this amulet that Kesha's bling of healing is a small gold talisman shaped like a shovel with two large round handles. <laughs> the wearer of this talisman heals an additional four hit points anytime they cast a healing spell on themselves or others. So that item is now in your inventory, Kolvik. You can choose whether or not you want to hang that around your neck or... You know, can you buy I, like a charm bracelet and it's just penises all around? <laughs> like. Your pendant is like... Like a poorly drawn penis. Yeah. It's like asymmetrical and shit. I mean, you know, <laughs> whose junk is completely symmetrical? That's true. <laughs> so one of those guards you ran into? <laughs> All right. So you guys have looted. Everyone's unique, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone's dick is a snowflake. Being a... Every dick is special. I don't know. Being a half-orc, being in the wilderness, have I ever seen a human penis before? I myself have a red rocket that we've established. I guess, yeah, so you don't even know what this looks like. No, so You're I... Just, like, you really do see it as, as a shovel with two handles. Just like I said, so I put it on my neck proudly and show everyone, hey, look at this amulet. Isn't it really nice? And I kind of just kind of hold it up by the... What I believe is the shovel shaft. Looks like a dwarf's femur. <laughs> Everybody knew somebody in high school that had like a cross or some necklace that they were always sucking on or like playing around with it. Anyway. So. <laughs> to invoke this healing, I have to put it in my mouth. <laughs> Whisper sweet nothing. Bonjour, listeners. How's life going for you? It's hard to complain on our end when we've got such an awesome set of folks listening. Our deep gratitude this week goes out to Bapperson for leaving their review for us on iTunes. They tell the world, The podcast has good audio, and the players have good interactions. You can tell they're having fun playing together and bringing us to their table and into their world. Thanks again, Bapperson. And you're right. You're awesome. And we're super grateful you took the time to leave us a review. As always, we'd love to encourage all of you folks out there listening to leave us a review on iTunes or really any platform you'd like. If you're happy enough to take the time to leave us a review, we're really happy to have made you happy. We've got two pieces of good news for you folks this week. The first is that we've set up a subreddit for all things VGAT. My hope is to post not only new episodes or any other news there, but also to start getting some art, maps, and other random things populated. It'll take some time to build, but I've got high hopes. If you're not into the other social media stuff, then maybe Reddit will be a good place to find us, keep up with news about the podcast, and even interact with us if you so choose. It's just r slash VGAT, so pretty easy to find. There's a link to it from thevgat.com, too, if you need a helping hand getting there. The second piece of news is that we are now listed with Spotify. I personally use Spotify for music, and I love it. I was really stoked to discover that we'd been listed. As soon as all the podcasts I currently listen to are available there as well, I will 100% be making the switch. One final thing. I actually do really like Kesha. I actually do really enjoy her music. And the jewelry line is actually real. The Kesha Rose Collection by Charles Albert includes so much more than just dicks, though. There's also skulls, teeth, arrowheads, and much, much more. I'm not really a jewelry person myself, but it makes me happy that this exists. 
And if Kesha herself should ever stumble across this episode, I'd like to tip my hat and say, Milady. I think that's enough for one week. Thank you all so much for listening. Back to the episode with you. All right, so you guys have you guys have looted this chest. You are, uh, I would say, again, I don't even need to make you roll insight or perception or anything else. You can tell that you have killed four of these bandits. Mm-hmm. You know there are two more outside, mm-hmm. and you can take a guess that there are some more, potentially even four more of them that occupy these bunks. You're now standing there with all their money and shit inside of their bunkhouse. What are you going to do? We need to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Yep. We're going to book it. Yeah. Are Let's we burn going? this motherfucker down on our way out. Because. Yeah, I'm for that. I guess we're heading out. I say we burn it down, use the distraction to make okay. our escape. Very it, right is, on. it is raining still, right? So we're mm-hmm. going to have to. Really, some... We're going to have to really burn it down. I have two bottles of cleaning fluid still. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you guys got the portable hole, so you've got like 60-some-odd bottles of cleaning fluid if you really want to go to town. I don't remember if we got rid of all that or not. I'd say we use at least five bottles. All right. Okay. All right, so you guys have a wreck and smash party. Time goes by. You're having so much fun, you don't even know how much time goes by. And you splash cleaning fluid all over the place. How are you going to light it? Um, Can we do a fireball, or do we just want to use some kind of tinderbox? That we have in our inventory. I think we just use a tender box. All right. We're pretty close to it. Is that going to explode or is it going to go? No. 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 You don't got to worry about that. You guys are experienced enough with the cleaning fluid. You've set some people on fire with it. You're you're pretty okay. aware of uh, its flammable properties. Let's um let's like pour the cleaning fluid in a trail that goes to the exit and then light it before we leave. That way we're not uh, lighting a fire in a place that maybe we're going to be trapped inside of. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, there you go, man. So you guys ignite this building. Cool guys never turn around to look at explosions, so as you're... Oh, it doesn't really explode. I, I thought that'd be a cool image, but anyway, so you walk away. You get back to the wall. I am assuming you carry the ladder with you, climb back over the wall? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Now let's make one last roll to see. You are lucky enough that the patrol is not quite there yet. You're able to ski-daddle and get across this field and back into the woods. Cool. Wow. Your well, first your first heist. <laughs> Job well done, fellas. Mm-hmm. Excellent work. Mistake. Do we want to kill those bandits just because they're bandits? I mean, it took us like three hours to kill. Yeah, I suppose. Four of those. I mean, maybe they'll guys. learn their life lesson from all their friends being dead. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did we want to go all the way back to... Um, and then I did we want to stay at this town nearby? Oh, let's go in this nearby town. So there, I'm just going to uh, be straight up with you guys that there's basically nothing of interest to you in this town. Yep. Um, you go there, you spend the night in the inn, and make your way back to Andon the next day. I'm going to tell them about where these bandits are, so if they want to do their own patrolling in, because I guess they were terrorizing the area, so go forth. That's true. So you want to you want to spread some word around town that you uh, that you rid the town of these bandits. Yep, rid the town of them, and this is where they're located for the rest of them. So, did we rid the town of these bandits? We didn't kill them all. 
certainly inconvenience the town of these bandits. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we should spread. <laughs> we inconvenience the real, bandits. Yeah. <laughs> so these bandits are less. <laughs> <laughs> so they give you a 30% discount on your, or 40% discount on your room hey. for killing 40% of their bandit problem. <laughs> I'll accept it. Deal. All right. You guys make your way back. You've got some loot. you got an amulet. Now we should have breakfast. Yay. That way we can be kidnapped to the... Yeah, she said she was going to send for us again once we get it. And breakfast it is. <laughs> pa- pancakes? You guys make it back to Annan. Everything safe, sound, lovely, right? You got all your loot. And you're kind of expecting Exude to contact you like right away, right? That's kind of the impression that you're given. Um, the first day back goes by and there's nothing. Second day, nothing. Third day, nothing. You're, uh, you're kind of starting to wonder what's going on here. Like maybe, uh, maybe things didn't go exactly the way that you thought or whatever it was. And you're just kind of starting to question that. Mid-afternoon-ish, nice, bright, sunshiny fall day. You guys are all sitting inside around the table. Perkins is up at the front desk waiting for customers to come in. Grace is out playing in the backyard. And, uh, as you're all BSing and, I don't know, playing cards or whatever it is that you do, uh, Roscoe, you realize that it's been a little while since you've heard any noise from the backyard. As you realize it, you kind of sit up and, and the rest of you all kind of perk up around the same time. Your, uh, your spidey senses all tingle at the same time. And you get up to, uh, you get up to walk out the back door, and as you get out the back door, uh, you see that there's Grace, and she's sitting on the ground, and about five feet straight across from her is Exude, and they're kind of like throwing a little leather ball back and forth to each other, and just kind of like talking, hanging out in the backyard. What do you do? Wow. Exude, by the way, is uh, wearing like a... a like a, a, what would you call that, a toga, basically, with a dark leather belt kind of holding it and some sandals. Oh, toga party. Yeah. Ask her, what do we owe the pleasure? And what are you doing back here with Grace? You guys walk across the yard, approach them uh, sitting, and, you know, Grace kind of, like, waves at you guys and, you know, real smiley and happy and whatnot. And you ask Azu what she's doing, and she says, you're my champions. As much as you help me, I help you. Grace no longer has a mother, and there's no women in your house. Sometimes girls like to talk to other girls. Okay. Let's talk to Grace. Hey, Grace, what you guys been talking about? She says, stuff. So Exude, at this point, stands up. She kind of ruffles Grace's hair a little bit and, and uh, looks at you all. Uh, and she says, you've probably been wondering why, what you're fighting for. Well, rather, what I'm asking you to fight for. Would you like me to show you? Yes. Sure. Okay. So after all of you affirm, she kind of nods and, and says, come closer. And you all walk up and she, she kind of gently lines you guys each up. So you're all facing the same direction. And then she walks down to the end of the row. So she's facing the same direction as all of you. And in the blink of an eye... You're all standing on this high balcony overlooking what can only be the capital city of Kingsbury, which is like hundreds of miles from where you are. And she says, look beneath you. Look at how many people are here. How teeming with life this place is. 
A multitude of creatures live and survive here on food brought in from all of the surrounding lands. You blink again, and now you're overlooking a jungle. Uh, you're kind of up on a, a like a, a mountainside, basically. And the canopies of these trees stretch out unbroken before you, almost as far as you can see. Uh, you see a gigantic dinosaur tear its head through the, the canopy of this and snap at some creatures flying overhead as you stand and watch. She says, in the north, again, life blooming rampantly. You blink again, and this time you're standing on top of a low hill overlooking a massive plain of waist-high grasses and tall trees. There's a herd of bison off grazing in the middle distance, and you can see beyond that snow-capped mountains. In the south, she says, more life, beautiful and vibrant. You blink again, and you're standing in a cavern. You recognize it immediately. It's the cavern where you caught crabs for the Harvest Festival and fought the super amazing adventure friends. The cavern with the gigantic cube covered in greenery. You notice that the moss and the vines you burned off just a short time ago has already grown back. It's like you were never even here. And it's because of this, you hear Exude say. This is the Western Temple, the seat of life on the continent of Taos. Inside of this cube rests a divine artifact. I would show you, but the enchantments here are so strong even I cannot pierce them. This is why the land around you is vibrant and lush and cannot help but grow and produce life beyond count or measure. After a little while, you hear her sigh and you blink again. And you're still on an island and it's still in an underground cavern. There's still a gigantic cube in front of you, but it's dark now. Exude extends out a hand and a ball of light floats up from it. As it drifts upwards towards the top of the cavern, you can see further some of the detail around you. The cube in front of you is devoid of any growth. It's smooth and you can see the outline of a doorway in front of you, much like the last one. But you can feel nothing around you. No movement except for the water. No plants, no moss, no mold, no vines. The Eastern Temple, she says. This is the counterpart to what we saw in the West. You notice the difference, don't you? Nothing grows here. There is no life. There is no death. There's simply the rock and the water. This should be the seed of life in Errol, but it is not. You blink and this time you're in a frozen tundra. Snow and ice stretch out in all directions, unbroken by footprints or signs of life of any kind. Here in the south, she says, there is almost nothing. Scraps and vestiges hang on, but there is so little. Life is all but extinguished here. You blink again and you're standing in a desert, high on a dune of red sand. The burning sun is setting low to the west of you and the heat is oppressive. Exude extends an arm towards the wasteland. Here also, life hangs on by a thread. Scrawny plants and lizards cling to what little there is to be had. You blink again. This time you're standing at the rim of a gigantic crater. A thick haze stretches across your field of vision, but through it you can see there are buildings down there, hundreds of feet below you. This is the sunken city of Mulkern, she says. It is a place of desperation, violence, and murder. It is significantly larger than Kingsbury, yet supports only a fraction of the population. Whole sections of the city are abandoned now, and there isn't enough food to support this many people. All here in one place. Not here. It's so sad, you hear Grace say. And you realize that she's been sitting on the ground this entire time, traveling with you with Exude. Can't we do anything to help them? Exude squats down and places a hand gently on Grace's shoulder. That's what I'm trying to do, sweet child. You blink again, and you're back in your own backyard. Exude looks to the three of you as she stands back up. Life for all of our lands here comes from the fountain. Every turn, there is a ritual. The artifact I mentioned earlier is brought to the fountain to be replenished. The artifact is actually made of two halves. 
Half is intended to rest here in Taos, the other half in Errol. The mortal races discovered a long time ago that both halves could be brought to rest in one temple. The land it was brought to would flourish while the other would slowly decay. The land can handle this for some time, but it's been nearly four turns since Errol has seen the blessing of the fountain. The land is going sterile, and I fear that it may not be able to recover if Taos takes the artifact whole once again. This is the purpose I set out before you, to restore the balance, to let life, and yes, also death, flow as it should, as it was intended, to prevent the death of not only countless living beings, but of the land itself. This is why I've claimed you as my champions. And she steps back from you, she kind of pats Grace on the head, and says, well? Is Exude uh, a god of balance, do we think, based on where she falls and... There isn't specifically a god of balance, but all of the gods are, in a sense, served by there being a balance. Because they're all connected. Mm-hmm. What else? She, she is death, but what is she connected to? Uh, machina, which is That's sort right. of like mechanization, leans towards order. So none of the gods struggle for, for more power. Would we say they're all interested in balance? Are you asking her this, or are you asking me this? I think I'm asking you first. Asking me, I would say that it's not something that you specifically know too much about. So it's not, it's not information that I can hand to you because it's not something that you probably have a very strong tie to or, or knowledge of. I would say that your impression of it is that, yes, the gods would probably want some sort of balance. Gotcha. Okay. So I ask Exude, why are you interested in balance? Uh, she says... As I said, this land is being drained of its, of its essence. It's, it's getting to the point where it's unrecoverable. If nothing can live there, nothing can die there. Where there is no death, I have no power. That's fair. What do you guys think? No, I'm still thanks. Pond- What's that? No, no thanks. Peace <laughs> <laughs> <still> out. <laughs> still just pondering, just kind of looking at us and all of our antics about throwing bees at bears and peeing off stuff <laughs> why us again i mean what have you seen in a year divineness to choose these three people uh she says this sounds like a pretty huge task <laughs> she says you won't be unaided in this i'll be with you every step of the way you have the amulet do you not oh this shovel yeah <laughs> <laughs> this two-handed <laughs> shovel this two-handed shovel <laughs> She gives you a little, a little like sort of confused smile and then, and then nods. Uh, she says, between the three of you, I see a greater destiny. It's not something I can easily explain, but I can see that there's capability. Well, still flabbergasted about the whole... <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly timed. <laughs> of it all. I... <laughs> I just kind of just look at her and... Did I break your concentration? (laughs) (laughs) And you're not. Shield of Faith gone. Um, (laughs) Where are we going next? Uh, She says... uh, She says, I'm trying to locate the next artifact for you. I'll fetch you when it's time. You have until then to decide if you're with me or not. And with that, she gives Grace... uh, Actually, I have a question. Okay. 
Why do we need the girl? Why do you? Why do you need Grace? Uh, she she kind of like lets out a little bit of a sigh and says, "We have to put her in danger. I'll be upfront with you on that. In four years, there is uh, the ritual that I spoke of. Every five hundred years is the turn. The ritual happens every turn, and at the end of that time, what was supposed to happen." is emissaries from each of the continents, one from Taos and one from Errol, would come with a group of people, and each of them must bring a child with them to enter into the center of the island. They bring their half of the artifact with them, they replenish it, and then they return with it. But it must be a child. Like, they replenish it with children? No, no, no. No, the fountain <laughs> itself is what does the, the replenishing. Child oh, okay. doesn't necessarily die, it sounds like. Okay. But you need a child to bring the artifact in? She says, yep. There's, no one knows why, but that's just the way it is. You got to send a child in there. You don't know why. It's like a mysterious plot point that you can't explain about the story yet. Oh. Two kids <laughs> enter, one kid leaves. <laughs> Sounds like a, <laughs> a lost children thing. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know why it has to be a child, but she's been around for a lot of these. She knows that's the way it is. So the god doesn't know why we need a child in there. So she just knows that she needs grace to do it. This uh, this ritual that's been going on for ages and ages and ages, many thousands of years, was around before her. Do we have any sense that she's lying to us? You can roll some insight. Roll some insight. One. <laughs> Seven. Three. You <laughs> got a poker face like no one else. You have no idea whether she's lying or not. The ways of the gods are mysterious to us. Roscoe, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's kind of your child. Well, we haven't exactly established that yet. It's your more show child. I don't know. You are the father. <laughs> hey, Exude, is Grace Roscoe's daughter? She just goes, uh. <laughs> she has no shit. I mean, again, like, I'll, I'll explain this out just because this is something that in world you guys would know, but um, I probably shouldn't have used the, the word God for this or gods or goddess or anything like that. These aren't like omnipotent beings. They're, again, think more like Greek Demi-gods. and Roman gods. Like, they, they don't have. They're limited by perception the same way that other beings would be. They can't just, like, see everywhere and be everywhere and all the rest of it. Like, she's present in one place. She, I don't know, maybe she was watching Roscoe <laughs> do it or whatever, but I don't think she would know uh, which sperm got there first, so. Except were you ever a human? Uh, sh- no, she was formed the way she was. Okay. From a rib? Uh, she said she and her brothers and sisters were formed from the po- the the. The third dimension? (laughs) (laughs) She and her brothers and sisters were formed from the the powers of the forces. Or from the power of the forces, I guess would be a better way to put that. Triforce? The double Triforce? There's six of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say this. Um, Generally, I'm pretty distrustful of the gods. But I'm still... I like the idea of restoring balance. So I'm a little bit more on board than maybe I previously was. Although I'm still suspicious of why we still need Gracie and why we need to put her in danger. 
and I still don't think Exuda's telling us everything. Those are not unreasonable things to think or assume. But that's where I'm at. I still think we go forward, of course, uh, because that's probably the whole plot line of this podcast. But (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you abiding by the DM player contract of going where I fucking tell you to go. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, sounds good to me. Bolvik, how do you feel about all this? this? This exchange and the situation in general? Situation in general is... I mean, I'm still an acolyte to to the gods themselves and trust them to the best of my ability. I mean, I haven't broken that at all. It's been a pretty chaotic ride, but still my heart is with the gods. And um, I've heard of Exude, and so far she hasn't led us astray. I mean, I got this sweet necklace, I mean, amulet out of the deal. So I'm willing to go where my party is also going, which is trying to become a lot more trustful than kind of anyone else that I know outside my family. Right on. Roscoe, how's things going over there? Good. I'm wary, but I've been down with her so far. So, let's see where it goes. Fucking A, save the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking A, Like, it bothers me a little bit that, like, Grace is going into danger, but... Mm-hmm. No what are you going to do? Right? <laughs> 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 the gods come calling the answer. <laughs> like, I know her. Like, she might be mine, but I don't know her any better than... Well, maybe probably better than these guys, because I was boning her mom. Stupid her mom, yeah. (laughs) God bless her soul. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. So she she turns back to Grace and kind of like like cups her chin just a little bit and smiles at her. And Grace smiles real big back at her. You can tell that Grace, uh, Grace really likes her. And she turns back and smiles at you guys and pops out of existence. We need to make more money. We need more money. How can we invest this money to make more money? Well... What could we do? Hmm. Let's see what we have at hand. We have a cool tower we can do something with. Yeah, we still have that tower. Yeah, we still have that tower. We have... It's way out in the middle of fucking nowhere, though. Could we move it? Um. <laughs> 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 we have any, can we levitate it? And then... All right, we're going to need six horses, two cobalts, <laughs> and an axe. But we can't get the horses until we have more. <laughs> They're just in this catch-22 of tower movement versus getting horses. <laughs> I think we've, I don't know, there's nothing to do with that except for rent it out. See if we can find somebody who wants to rent a wizard tower. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of room for books. And things. Murders. And what? Murders. Murders. Perfect place for murders. Or to just, you know, keep somebody there for a period of time that will eventually come back and enact a revenge on you. Or try to. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good place to rub one out. (laughs) It's a six day journey to (laughs) stand on the edge of the platform. I really need my privacy. (laughs) (laughs) It's rain and swimmers. Gross. <laughs> it's ultimate rave place, abandoned. I don't have any good ideas for that thing. I think we just find though. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't really had a good opportunities to make business ventures yet. We kind of know some people, but unless we want to do something shady with Dunk, I'm not sure. Hey, that's one of the notes that I had. Dunk, uh, 
We paid him some insurance money. Uh, you never actually paid him. You said that if he did anything useful, you would pay him 200 Oh, we didn't actually pay him. Okay. Or at least that's what I remember from it. You said you, because uh, I thought you said you were wrapping up 200 gold in the note, and then you said, no, you'll just put it on there. So we sent him a note. Okay. So at some point, we should probably visit him and see if he actually was worth a shit. We got a pretty good in with the local diggers around town. Maybe we could make a, a mining company. Have them work for us. The very good mining company. <laughs> Branching out. Got to diversify our bonds, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You can talk to Plube. I just feel like we have a lot of expensive things that we can buy. And it requires a lot more capital. We need some... We tell do. them we can pillage something. I don't know. There's a lot of things around us. Did you have anything specific you wanted to do? No. Just, uh, just... Just like to keep an eye out. Colon businesses, colon related businesses. I mean, businesses. We, we did have the colon, <laughs> colonoscopy business. But uh, somehow I don't feel like that's going to be a big money maker. <laughs> Wait, we have that. Um, maybe there's something that works even better. We got that uh, decanter of endless water. That's like a pretty awesome enema kit right there. We can become Nestle. We'll just be the bottle water company of town. I don't know, man. Endless water. Not really butthole related. It doesn't really fit in oh, with the shtick. My bad. <laughs> we're, still, we're still going towards the butthole thing. Okay. <laughs> that what we're, that's what we're still about. If you if you, uh, if okay. you want to, you can, it, it's bottled water, but you can only put it in your asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you activate it. Like. Yeah. The enema kit of endless water. <laughs> we're we officially known around now as the butthole podcast um, I think of it as the pee pee poo poo podcast <laughs> that's usually the comments like, or shit like that that I get most often Yeah, the wiener pee pee poo poo mm-hmm. we could throw a couple yeah wiener wiener butthole pee pee poo poo turd wiener <laughs> wang what else is there really oh farts wiener poo poo mm. pee pee farts that one fart that you ripped on that pod, one of the podcasts, very, uh, very art- articulate, I should say. Did it come through in the audio? Yeah, yep, sure did. Some of them are just smellers, but until we get smell of vision, they're really not going to be worth a whole lot. I feel like we should get sponsored by Tommy John underwear. That's like every podcast. Yeah, but like we fart so much. To... <laughs> <laughs> we go through a lot of Tommy John. Have you ever seen those in the store? Mm-mm. They're insanely expensive. Really? They're like $60 for one pair of underwear. Really? Yeah. It better last Fuck the rest that. of your life. Yep. Is it hyper-absorbent or something? Is it... They're kind of like silky smooth. Kind of, I don't know. They're very lightweight. It's almost like the... I'm not a big fan of smooth underwear yeah, like I don't either. I don't want it to be like rough I don't want sandpaper down there or anything oh, but like Wait, like silk boxers silk boxers are just weird nope. I like my underwear to rub me raw <laughs> <laughs> like do you buy like a size too small or something small grit <laughs> some, some extra small burlap underwear like. oh god Potato sack underwear. <laughs> or it's like it's, uh, what is that shit called? Craft paper?
Episode 25, Kesha's Bling of Healing, was released on April 15th, 2018. We'll see you again next week for another episode of The Very Good Adventuring Team. We did start their bandit house on fire. Did we burn down their house? I don't actually remember. I thought we burned it down. As a distraction. Yeah, and then we walked off. We hightailed it out. Mm -hmm. You didn't turn around to look at the explosion? Exactly. Never turn around. (laughs) No.